the IBM Cloud Podcast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud Podcast. We are hosts from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And this is Steve Choquette. And today, guys, we actually have two guests on the show. Firstly, we have Tony Fla. He's a cybersecurity specialist out of Edmonton in Canada. How are you doing, Tony? Hey, how are you doing? Good to have you here. And then we also have Val Berkovici. And I think I said that right. Val is the co-found is the founder and CEO of Pencil Data. So how do I do, Val? That's getting better every time, Steve. There you go. Excellent, excellent. So both of you guys are, are, are great writers. I'm certainly glad to have you on the on the show with uh, Ian and I here. Uh, so let's let's just start uh, with the first question here, because we're going to talk about an announcement that IBM and Red Hat made. And what was that announcement about? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off and then I'll, I'll kick it over to my colleague here, Val. So it's, it's Tony here. Um, on May 8th of this year, there was a great announcement of, of a further agreement and, and uh, being in place between uh, IBM and Red Hat and, and really looking to extend the long-term relationship, standing relationship from a collaboration perspective and really look at how to better manage, you know, containers and Kubernetes and how that is across platforms and, and the multi-cloud and, you know, how that will, will kind of position itself in really big, big news in, in relation to, to private cloud. Um, but 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 really, what I'll do in that regards is, uh, you know, Val can certainly give a better technical deep dive on it. But it's certainly in, in, it's encouraging, and I'll I'll showcase or, or I'll overview a few things of, of what I mean from a business perspective. To me, it's it's really about enablement. It's about enablement of true digital transformation, uh, where you can you know utilize technology that you have today, but still leverage. Uh, abilities that are you know capable and and evolving so it's it's really about that um, that's a big thing for me I also see it about choice it gives you better choice across platforms so many cloud providers so many uh, different alternatives out there so it really gives you some choice and some control uh, and it really you know to me it kind of even enables bringing the legacy to now you know being able to still utilize design of what you have in play and, and be able to, to do some different things from that. And then, uh, you know, really being able to adapt your applications, uh, you know, being able to modernize DevOps and configuration and how you deal with that across platforms and really ultimately simplify things. Uh, but certainly, uh, I'll turn it over to, to you, Val. I'm sure you can give us an, a, a way better deep technical dive response to Steve's question. Thanks, uh, and, and Tony, and I'll definitely uh, give it a shot here. What I love about this is, you know, I'm a big fan of OpenShift in general. I was on the, the founding governing board of the Cloud Native Compute Foundation, the, the home of Kubernetes, and, and Red Hat has always not just legitimized that whole initiative from the early days, but obviously just brought it as, as a product to the enterprise, which is a market segment I care a lot about. But for me, you know, the kind of ace in the hole is IBM Cloud Private and specifically IBM Cloud Private for data. And that's because, you know, in, in, the, in the early cloud days and even today, you might hear the term server hugger tossed about. And that's obviously referring to folks that love to manage their own on-prem infrastructure and actually see and feel and touch the hardware and, and not really be very cloud native or cloud oriented or friendly. 
uh, and and we've seen that that group of folks, you know, in enterprise, in enterprise IT, in, in operations, really, you know, open up to the benefits of cloud over the years, and it's no longer a thing. But there's a whole group of people that predate server huggers and will probably outlast them, and I call them data huggers, right? Those are the people that have held on to data in their data silos, you know, inside multiple silos in an enterprise, always behind the firewall. And they've been reluctant, you know, before the advent of massive data breaches even, and before the, the backing of privacy regulation all over the world, particularly exemplified by GDPR, they've really had a lot of reluctance to let go of data for all those reasons. And now you've got a solution, not only, you know, with the benefits of OpenShift letting you apply really cool analytics and all sorts of new modern, you know, mobile web and other IoT app development for that data, but you've got the controls that IBM Cloud Private and Cloud Private for Data offer those data huggers, the controls that give them comfort that, you know, they don't have to give up control to be able to benefit from all of the cool services, Watson, blockchain, and everything else that an IBM and IBM Cloud brings to the table along with Red Hat. So it's catering to those data huggers Right. It's probably the coolest thing for me in this announcement. Well, Steve, yeah. I could so relate to the server <laughs> huggers as an early cloud adopter, and I love the data huggers, and I love the the the, the private cloud too. I see it like it, it's just a little easier for them to show love there. It, it's more of their own domain, their own more world. But really, with with this announcement, it's that capability of taking middleware, cloud private, Red Hat, OpenShift. Uh, enterprise Linux, and really blend them all together under under really one control and one support, and you know, and that supports in your in your data center. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's really across platforms. I think it's that's the real point where I was making with enablement, right? Where it's it's you hear a lot of big talk out there about digital transformation. I mean, search that hashtag, search that topic. You know, it's it's to no end. But but really, how do you get your you know how, how do you get the, the the everything moving forward with that? Well, this is a real enabler that takes your existing platforms today, allows you you know really good container control and really you know all embedded in with with Kubernetes. It, it really it's enabler to me, and, and maybe Val, you can take that a little further on the enablement side. But that's where I really see the big value to this and certainly see where you're coming from in the in the private cloud space but take it even further and then look at you know the whole shadow IT issue where you know if you can't get IT to build it you you go to a you know a public or a private public cloud sorry public. and you really you know source it from there and have a SaaS application well how do you control that into your data flow how do you effectively ingest that data right i think Val touched on some really big points and really, this is becoming, I see this from cybersecurity, and we see this more and more. Data is a big potential risk, and, oh, and being yeah. able to have better privacy control, especially with GDPR and everything that's coming out, is huge. And certainly, Val, would love to hear your perspective on that further. Yeah. Go, Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, no, I was just thinking that, 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 that originally we started down an IBM Cloud private path, but it certainly sounds like um, this announcement works across the full spectrum of a hybrid cloud, that if, you, if you're either a data hugger or, in truth, you've got data that needs to stay inside your data center for whatever regulatory requirements you're, you're, you're bound by, uh, you, know, you, can, you can use 
uh, Red Hat and IBM Cloud with IBM Cloud Private. But if you can be on the other side, or as Tony has said, if you're doing shadow IT, then you can use them together anyway. Is that right? That's exactly, that's exactly right. In fact, here's a, a really powerful, in my mind, proof point of the fact that this announcement and IBM and Red Hat are doing more than just talking the talk, but they're actually walking the walk. You know, the, the one scenario I think now that's high profile that most really responsible enterprise executives and, and certainly the data huggers in particular are concerned about is the Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal, oh, yeah. where, you know, Facebook let a third party partner access data. That third party partner abused the privilege and then effectively lied about what they were doing with the data and lied about deleting the data after they were done. Uh, and so there's an initiative prior to that. This is what adds so much credibility to it, because I think that happened in, in the spring. But earlier on this past winter, around January, at the Davos conference, um, Ginny Rometty actually led her opening remarks with an IBM initiative called Data Responsibility. And this is something that I absolutely love. Uh, it really encapsulates you know, what is the major challenge of the entire technology industry, whether it's consumer or enterprise today, which is how to prevent just obvious abuses like what happened with, with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, how to engender more trust in your customers and your business partners and certainly the governments regulating you in how we're handling the data. And this, you know, this, this announcement is just one of many, but it's just a very modern way of benefiting from all the cloud goodness, but basically being able to practice all the tenets of data responsibility with the tool set that, that IBM and Red Hat are providing together here. So guys, one of the things that I was hoping to get from this episode was that I wanted to understand what, mm, let me see, okay, so what can an industry, someone in an industry do with this new relationship that they couldn't do before? So in my mind, it's at least two things. The first one is you can now have the, the coolness of Kubernetes, you know, running on-prem, but with the ability to scale up instantly into the cloud. So you can have the best of both worlds. You can have either a hybrid Kubernetes cluster, which might not make a lot of sense, but you can also have two very closely, tightly coupled cooperating Kubernetes clusters where if you end up seeing a lot of demand, a lot of processing demand, let's say it's you know uh, GPU intensive machine learning, which you can easily outgrow on-prem or you know Bitcoin mining or something that's also GPU intensive. Friday. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, things that are on the calendar that sometimes, even whether you plan for, they, they exceed your, your expectations and estimates. The ability to scale up very, very natively from on-prem to the cloud with this announcement is really, really cool. And do it in a very deep, you know, entrenched way, not just superficially, because you've got all of OpenShift on-prem, you've got all of IBM Cloud to scale up to. But the second thing, most importantly for me, is the fact that for those data huggers, when you're handling, you know, personally identifiable information, other sensitive information that's heavily regulated in the healthcare and other industries, you can use all the tools with, you know, that, that are provided by IBM Cloud Private and, and Cloud Private for data specifically, and be able to implement all those things, satisfy the regulatory requirements, the internal audit requirements, uh, yet still be able to benefit from all those cloud services you couldn't get otherwise on-prem. So it's a very, very modern way to satisfy the real challenges that enterprises face today in terms of dealing with sensitive data, uh, but not sacrifice all the benefits and capabilities of, of cloud services that are available to you now, you know, with the advances in technology over the past few years. I like that. It's like you can keep your data secure at home, but also at the same time, leverage the capabilities of a public cloud. Yeah, that Absolutely. used to be an either or in the past. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like you can extend that almost like you've got your main infrastructure and, and it really to me is, is a further step is you've got your, a really nice marriage with infrastructure and platform. You're, you're, you're gearing it all together to in a, in a, in a nice tidy package that really is, is going back to my comment on enablement, right? Where and then even Val brought this up, it, it really extends that further to add in you know these new technologies with artificial intelligence like IBM Watson, uh, you know controls that you can do it there. And Val touched on this as well, and Steve, you may have I think mentioned it too. Is when you look at all this this data that goes across all these applications and all these backends and all these different uh, you know private public you know on prem. It's a better way of, of really sourcing out all that data so that you can truly get some better data science over your overall, say, if you're creating a, a data lake and you want to put some better uh, intelligence to that so that you can, you know, enable further technology, emerging technologies. So when you get into machine learning, you've got more meaningful data. You can put better controls in and ultimately get to that deep machine, you know, that deep learning uh, of that and, and better on uh, really better unleash your 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 data. Yeah, I can't emphasize that strongly enough, Tony. That's a fantastic point to end on, which is that you know most people now in the enterprise are reading about the potential benefits of AI and machine learning. Yep. That's a very very data hungry, data intensive process, and the best outcomes come from typically those private data sets in those silos that are you know, maintained by those data huggers. And so this unleashes that data and, and helps you deliver better outcomes via better AI than you really could any other way. Well, it does For make sure. sense because the um, the stuff that you're likely to keep on site is the stuff that, I mean, your your, your IP is your, your business in a sense. And, and a lot of times that's what you're going to keep on site. But you certainly want to take advantages, uh, advantage of all the AI capabilities that are sitting out there on the public side and leverage them to come up with something amazing for your business. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd even kind of put four points that I'd capture or, or that I'd look at from, from the announcement and, and the, you know, having that overall blend with, with infrastructure platform and, and support is, is those four points for me are the elastic runtime. Like it's almost like you've got elastic control across platforms. It's second, cloud ready. Third, big, production ready and quick to production ready. And then also too is four is, is a big final point there is built in continuous delivery across stack and across platform. I think that really, you know, showcases why this is such a, you know, is really such a compelling thing happening in the marketplace. Um, what about you, Val? What about your four points? Have you got four forty-four first that we can summarize? <laughs> I would actually say four. that. I'll try and you know condense it to maybe just one or two points, which is that in the past you really have had to choose between the ability to, to access you know very critical regulated data sets or deploy an application in the cloud. And you know since we're talking now about artificial intelligence, machine learning, which is you know by accounts most executive surveys say is the most strategic projects that that are undertaking right now, technical projects. This is really the first announcement that takes those four points that Tony emphasizes and lets enterprises seriously now apply their data to some of the best you know, machine learning technology out there with IBM Watson. And, and that's a huge win because this is really hard to put into production any other way. 
and the, um, the folks that are using OpenShift can go ahead and continue to use OpenShift. They don't have to retool everything. And OpenShift, yeah, is you know primarily led by Kubernetes and all of the other flagship projects around it. And OpenShift, it is the preferred way now to deploy these applications, machine learning and otherwise. So this is, sounds like a, a win for uh, customers, a win for IBM, and a, re, a win for Red Hat. It's it's a win for everyone involved, and uh, you know it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do it any other way. But IBM and Red Hat have really put their brains together and and put together a collaboration that just makes this easy to actually do, you know, for enterprises with real regulated data in production. Excellent. Hey guys, is there yeah, exactly. I'll go ahead, echo Tommy. it here. No, just, no, sorry, just to say and echo the same from my perspective, right? It's, it's, it certainly has an advantage. It's, it's not just a glossy brochure. One last short question is, is there somewhere I could learn more other than the announcement itself? If I, if I said, hey, this is really great, now what's next? What's the best what's next? So I'm going, to start, I'm going to start at a high level. And again, uh, IBM's policy team is kind of leading the charge on behalf of Jimmy with regards to taking this data responsibility message forward. So I'd not only follow their Twitter account, I'd look at that data responsibility hashtag as one word. You're gonna see a lot of, of my startup involved there because we're partnering with IBM, we're passionate about this topic. Uh, and it just helps you understand how to run a modern data-driven business going forward, You know, both for the benefits of your customers and to stay out of jail. Absolutely, absolutely. And and really, like you go to Red Hat, there's certainly good information there. There's good information across LinkedIn, across Twitter. Uh, and certainly, um, just Google it. Google Red Hat and, and IBM, and you'll see a lot of information come there. There's some uh, great blog detail out there on it. And, um, you know, certainly, it, 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 it's a positive message with some positive um, positive stories out there. Excellent. Hey, guys, I appreciate that. And I, I particularly like, I mean, I, sometimes Ian and I try to find taglines in there, but you guys gave me so many that I don't really quite know where to start. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I love that, you know, it's how you can run your modern data-driven business because some of your data is going to need to be secure in, on-site and some of the data is going to need to be, or some of the tooling and data is going to be in the public cloud and you want to be able to leverage the both together and produce some smart applications. Wonderful. And hey, and hey, you can take the cool kids that are all into the new technology and blend them with the server huggers and data huggers and everybody across the platform can be happy. Hey, Val, Tony, seriously guys, it was so informative having you guys in the show today. I'm sure this is not the first we will have seen and heard from IBM and the Red Hat relationship and partnership moving forward. So maybe we'll see you guys around pretty shortly one day. Um, for those of you that are fans of the show and follow the show, don't forget to give Tony and Val also a follow out there as well. And they're across all the usual social media platforms. And we'll probably link the um, their bios in the description below, guys. But gents, thank you so much for being on the show today. And guys, for myself and Steve, thanks for joining in. See you next time on the IBM Cloud Podcast. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.